for days. My phone has been telling me that the weather today was to be rain and dark and dreary. And I thought, oh great, that's, that's going to fit right into the theme of my sermon. And here it is, glorious today. Oh, well, I'll persevere. Okay. <laughs> we all need sunlight, don't we? In fact, we need it so bad, we long for those times, particularly in winter, when we can go to the beaches in Hawaii or we can go play golf in Palm Springs or just go anywhere where it's warm and sunny. But if we go back 400 years to where our ancestors were living in northern Germany and in Scandinavia, winter for them gave no relief. They couldn't go to Palm Springs or Southern California or anywhere. They had to endure long, cold, hard days. And they looked for signs. They wanted signs that would direct them that winter might be coming to an end. And what's so fascinating about that is, is that up in that northern tier of Europe, someone began to take a look at hibernating animals, see if there wasn't a clue there. Hoping, just hoping that they could survive this winter that there would be sufficient food. For you see, 400 years ago, the major problem with a long, cold, dark winter is you could run out of food and starvation was ever before you. And they worried about this. They lived in fear that they would starve. And so they turned to a little varmint who would come out of the ground and if it saw its shadow, somehow that told them whatever they wanted to know. <laughs> Groundhog Day. If we go back 400 years and we are with them sitting in their houses, we would discover that they had none of the things that we take for granted. They heated their homes with wood in an open fireplace and they had candles and that was it. No electronic devices to entertain them. 
So what would they do? Well, they did what our ancestors of old, even in biblical times, they told stories. And this time of year, it was very popular for Christians in Northern Europe to, to tell St. Luke's account of the birth of Jesus. Yes, all three of them. Because there are three accounts in St. Luke's Gospel about Jesus' birth. As we know, on December 25th, it's Christmas. His birth in Bethlehem. And all the mystery and awe and wonder that surrounds that. Eight days later, on January 1st, we hear the account of how Jesus received his name. And that day we call Holy Name Day. Then the third account takes place on the 40th day following his birth. February 2nd, the feast of the presentation of Jesus in the temple. And the story is really an amazing story because what we remember is they went there to make an offering. A pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons as what was required. But when they entered, Joseph and Mary were encountered by a man named Simeon, a prophet. And we're told that he was looking for the Messiah. Why? Because Israel believed that the Messiah would come and set them free. They didn't have to worry anymore because they would be liberated. And then there was that wonderful lady, Anna, who'd been in the temple for years praying, also looking for the Messiah. This is the story that those Northern Europeans really attached themselves to because when Simeon saw the sign that he was looking for in the infant Jesus, he said, Lord, now let my soul depart in peace for I have seen thy salvation. It's going to be okay. It's all right. We don't have to worry anymore. And his life was changed even to the point that he is now ready to die. You know, we tend to look back on that and we kind of say, okay, signs, all right? People look for signs. But you know, we look for signs, don't we? All the time, every day. Our lives are filled with signs. We want answers. When we think about our health, and we go to the doctor and we discover that we're, they take vital signs. Tells us how we're doing physically. 
We get into our car and we're reassured that we're going to be okay because there's going to be accurate and well-lit signs to give us direction. It gives us the hope and the reassurance that we're going to be okay. We'll get to where we want to go. And then there are those years where we plan for our financial security in retirement. And we're always looking at the financial signs. What's it going to be like? Will there be enough? Signs are so much a part of our lives. In fact, when we get word that there might be something wrong, there can be nothing worse for an individual or an individual's family when the word comes. There are signs, there, there are indications that you have cancer. Fills us with fear. It fills our family with fear. The same thing is true when there is a financial disaster as we experienced in 1908. Fear swept our lives. Signs. We are looking for signs. And one of the most interesting things to me is that there's one sign that we rarely call upon or even know about. It's called life signs. Life signs. Henry Nouwen, in his little book called Life Signs, writes about spiritual signs. At one point he says this. When St. John says that fear is driven out by perfect love, he points to a love that comes from God, a divine love. He does not speak about human affection, psychological compatibility, mutual attraction, or deep interpersonal feelings. Of all that has value and beauty, all of that has its value and beauty, he says, but the perfect love about which St. John speaks embraces and transcends all feelings, all emotions, and all passions. And reading on, he says, the perfect love that drives out all fear, the perfect love that drives out all fear is the divine love in which we are invited 
to participate. The home, the intimate place. Not a place made by human hands. It is fashioned for us by God who came to pitch his tent among us. Invite us to his place and prepare a room for us in his own house. One day, I was sitting at my desk in St. David's, Austin, and the phone rang. It was someone at a hospital telling me that Joy, a parishioner, a vital parishioner to St. David's, involved in pastoral ministries and healing ministries, that she was in the emergency room of this hospital. And I thought to myself, a heart attack? Joy had just undergone extensive treatment with radiation and chemotherapy to fight cancer. And she was winning. How could this be? I was soon to learn that the treatment had very, very difficult upon the heart. It had damaged that muscle. And so when I got to the hospital, I walked into the emergency area and went down this hall, and there stood her daughter and her family, two young children. And we supported each other for a few minutes, and suddenly, coming out of these doors, was a nurse, and she reassured us that Joy was now stable. And then she said, is someone here by the name of Jim Bethel? I said, that's me, and she said, Joy wants to see you. So I followed the nurse back into the bowels of the emergency area. And there was Joy on a gurney. She had her eyes closed, and I walked up, and I called her name. And she looked up, and she reached up, and she grabbed my clerical shirt, and she pulled me down. She said, Jim Bethel, it's true. It's true. I said, what's true, Joy? Tell me, what is true? And she said, well, you know, I, I died. And I was going down this long black tunnel, but at the far end, I could see this incredible light. 
And the closer I came to that light, it was the most beautiful light I have ever seen. More beautiful than sunlight. And it was welcoming. It was loving. It was inviting. And she said, still holding on to me, she said, Jim, I didn't want to come back. And then she said, Jim, I'm no longer afraid. I'm no longer afraid. With that, she let go of me. Joy went home a couple of days later with the knowledge that there could be another heart attack in her near future. About two months later, I believe it was on a Saturday, her daughter and family were at Joy's house and they had invited one of Joy's closest friends. They were sitting there talking and laughing and telling stories and her daughter told me later that all of a sudden we noticed that Joy's face was radiant with peace. And she said, but what is most amazing to me is that peace had filled the room in which we were sitting. And we each experience peace in that very moment. It was life-changing. We all seek signs. We all want assurances. The greatest gift is the one that comes with true peace. The perfect peace, says St. John, that drives out all fear is the divine love that invites us to participate. Today, at this very moment. These life signs, I believe, are worth seeking. 
Amen.